Well, good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight for our evening service. Would you stand together, please? Let's turn to page 223. Page 223, Standing on the Promises. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4 as we begin together tonight. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. amen. Well, if you're standing on the promises, say amen tonight, and sure glad uh, that you're here. Had a great uh, morning this morning, and just a blessing to see a host of uh, visitors here with us, and you're back uh, tonight, and so I thought I'd start tonight off with our kind of our theme verse for the evening, and it and in Second uh, Kings and in chapter number five and verse number forty it says, "So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot.' <laughs> Amen. So we are having a teen chili cook-off following the service tonight. I thought I'd. I thought I'd issue uh, that warning uh, tonight. I'm telling you, man, uh, my son was making his chili today, and I was like, my eyes were watering, and there was shortness of breath. I was in the other room, man. I wasn't even nowhere near it. And I thought, man, oh, thou man of God, there is death in the pot. <laughs> Amen. And then I was driving in. I, listen, I'm just telling you, this is the way God works. I'm driving in, and I just happened to look up. I don't, I don't know what this is at Arby's. I don't go to Arby's. But I looked up, and on the sign, it said, Diablo Dare is back. And I thought, yeah, it's probably in the fellowship hall over there in the <laughs> crock pot. Amen. And anyways, looking forward to a good time uh, tonight and, and some fellowship uh, and uh, preaching and, and those kind of things. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight and ask God's blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother Will Kennedy if you pray for us uh, tonight. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight. Uh, of course, uh, tomorrow will end the month of uh, November and we'll jump right in uh, to the month of November and so just wanted to mention a few, 
what did I say, November, November? See, it's already, man, I'm telling you, that Diablo stuff, man, it's making me a little edgy. So tomorrow will end the month of October, is that right? And then we'll start the month of November, all right? And so there are some things I just wanted to mention uh, tonight, just really some of the major things. Of course, there are a couple of youth rallies our our kids are going to be going to. So if you have uh, teenagers in the youth department, make sure you're aware of that. I believe there's one on the 4th and then one on uh, the 18th, I think it is. And uh, then, of course, the uh, church uh, hayride and cookout. Uh, That's Friday, November the 11th. And so make sure to mark your calendars for that. And then, of course, that Sunday before uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we're going to have our annual Thanksgiving banquet. So we'll have our normal uh, service times. And then, of course, uh, afternoon uh, service. There'll be no evening service that night. Our guest preacher is going to be Brother Tim uh, Knudsen, who pastors uh, Bible Baptist Church there in Jerome, uh, Idaho. And so he's going to be here with us and just a dear friend and looking forward to having him and his family with us. And then, of course, that midweek service that week. Well, we're going to move it to Tuesday night uh, in light of Thanksgiving uh, holiday and things like that. So it'll be Tuesday night, November the 22nd. It'll be at 7 o'clock uh, that night, just be our regular service times. And so make sure that you're aware of those things. Okay, Brother Eric, come on ahead, and then I'll come back up and mess up a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> Amen. Well, we need to turn to page 665, and we need to stand for this song. I don't think we can sing this one sitting down. Hallelujah, we shall rise. Amen. Let's sing it out. All verses as we sing that out tonight. In the resurrection morning, when the trump of God shall sound, we shall rise, we shall rise. Then the saints will come rejoicing, and no tears will ever be found. We shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise. We shall rise in the resurrection morning When death's prison bars are broken We shall rise, we shall rise In the resurrection morning What a meeting it will be We shall rise, we shall rise When our fathers and our mothers And our loved ones we shall see We shall rise We shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise in the resurrection morning when death's prison bars are broken. We shall rise, we shall rise in the resurrection morning. Blessed thought it is to me. We shall rise, we shall rise. I shall see my blessed Savior who so freely died for me. We shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise. In the resurrection morning when death's prison bars are broken, we shall rise, we shall rise. In the resurrection morning we shall meet him in the air. We shall rise, we shall rise, and be carried up to glory to our home so bright and fair. We shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise, we shall rise in the resurrection morning. When death's prison bars are broken, we shall rise, we shall rise.
Amen. What a blessing that'll be. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's been a great day in his house. And ask Brother CJ if you would pray for the offering tonight, please. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Turn to page 689. Page 689. Let's stand one last time. My Savior, first of all, we'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4 together tonight. Page number 689. When my life work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, when the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side And His smile will be the first to welcome me I shall know Him, I shall know Him And redeemed by His side I shall stand I shall know Him, I shall know Him By the print of the nails in His hand Oh, the soul-thrilling rapture when I view His blessed face And the luster of His kindly beaming eye How my full heart will praise Him for the mercy, love, and grace That prepared for me a mansion in the sky I shall know Him, I shall know Him And redeemed by His side I shall stand I shall know Him, I shall know Him By the print of the nails in His hand Through the gates to the city in a robe of spotless white He will lead me where no tears will ever fall In the glad song of ages I shall mingle with delight But I long to meet my Savior first of all I shall know Him, I shall know Him And redeemed by His side I shall stand I shall know Him, I shall know Him By the print of the nails in His hand Amen. Great singing. You may be seated tonight. Just before the message, Mrs. Watson is going to sing tonight. Oh 
my Lord was despised and rejected of men, this Jesus of Calvary. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Surely he bore our sorrows, and by his stripes we We're thankful for our Savior tonight. Amen. Well, let's all stand tonight in honor of God's Word. If you're able to stand and want to invite you to Joshua and chapter uh, number 8 once again uh, tonight. Of course, last week we, and I'll mention some of this here in in just a moment uh, here in the message. But, of course, last week we saw where God uh, would encourage Joshua to get back uh, into the fight and uh, with the city of, of Ai. And uh, we're going to pick up tonight with the actual battle. I, I read and, and we looked at verses kind of 1 through 8 last week and, and read those. But I'm going to pick up in verse number 9 tonight. I do have kind of a lengthy uh, portion tonight. So if you need to sit back down, I understand that. I'm going to try to read here quickly and uh, go all the way down from 9 to verse number 29. Don't, don't panic, though, tonight. I know sometimes we go through, you know, verse by verse and and things like that, especially in the book of Romans with the depth of it and everything. But I feel like tonight, the battle in and of itself is very self-explanatory, okay? But there are some, there are some things as we step back, some principles 
that I want us uh, to see tonight. So uh, Joshua chapter 8, look at verse number 9. It says, it says, Joshua therefore sent them forth, and they went to lie in the ambush. So this is the mighty men of valor, the 30,000 uh, from verse number 3 that he chose out. They're going to set up the ambush uh, behind. Uh, notice, and it says, and they and, and abode between Bethel and Ai. So they're on the other side of the city of Ai, on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people to Ai. And all the people, even the men of, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and, and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai, and he took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the host that was on the north of the city, and, the li- and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night in the midst of the valley, and it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it, uh, that they hasted, all right, and rose up early. And the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all the, his people at, the, at a time appointed before the plain, but he wist not that there were liars in ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made, uh, made as if they were beaten before them, kind of like the previous time, and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai, boy, they took the bait. It says, were called together to pursue after them, and they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And they, there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward Ai, and I will give it into thine hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city, and the ambush arose quickly out of their place. And, and they ran as soon as they had stretched out his hand, and they entered into the city and took it and, and hasted and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw and said, Uh-oh. Right, it says, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back upon the pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city, and that the smoke, uh, and that the smoke of the city ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai, and the other issued out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side. Some on that side, and they were the baloney in the middle. It says, and they, and they smote them so that they let none of them remain or escape. And the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness where they had chased them, that they were, uh, when they were fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai smote it with the edge of the sword, so it was that all that, that all that fell that day, both men and women were 12,000, even unto the men of Ai, for Joshua drew not his hand back until he stretched out the spear, or wherewith he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the cattle of the spoil of the city of, of uh, Israel took for a prey for themselves, or unto themselves, according to the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joshua, and Joshua burnt Ai and made it in heap forever. 
even a desolation unto this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering of the gate of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that remaineth unto this day. Son, what a battle. Now here, now listen, I, we're gonna, I'm just going to say a couple of things and, you, and we're going to pray and you can be seated. But this is what I titled the message tonight. Let's make an AI sandwich. All right, and hopefully you got that that's obviously from the strategy here, right? That, that Joshua, you know, uses the previous battle that they lost to lure the men out of the city. But this time there was an ambush on the other side. So as the men came out, Joshua signals, the ambush raids the city. And then Joshua and his men turn and boom, they sandwich, man, they sandwich them and kill every, everyone. What, what I'm saying to you tonight is this. Now watch this. Joshua shows us how to have victory over the sin that does so easily beset us. Remember, let's not forget that's what this is about. It's about the spiritual warfare in our life. So how does he do that? Here's how he does it, by completely annihilating it. Well, I'm telling you, so that's, that's what you and I need to do tonight. Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate you standing tonight. I realized it was kind of a long passage and... I almost had you sit down, but I thought, you know, I want to honor God's Word tonight and uh, have us uh, stand. Now, again, if you remember from last week, <clears throat> after the loss at, at Ai and, and dealing with the sin of, of Achan, the Lord came to Joshua, all right, to encourage him to, to get back in, into the fight. Now, listen, I, I want to say tonight, I'm thankful that we serve a God that wants us to have victory tonight. I'm, thank, I'm thankful for that. But here's the thing that you got to understand tonight. It's one thing to know that God wants us to have victory, but it's another thing to actually have it. Okay? And the reason that I wanted us to go back and to look at this battle is because Joshua gives us some really some, some very clear principles that you and I need to have in our life if we are going to have a victorious life in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, years ago, I, I, when we were living, I, I was pastoring there in Cassville, and we had a little uh, house there on a, uh, on a farm road uh, outside of, of, of the city, and we had a little shed in the backyard. And my son, my son Luke, was just a, a little bitty fellow back then, probably maybe five, uh, six, seven years old, so, something like that. I, I can't remember how old he was, but anyways, he was playing in, in the backyard and right in, in front of the shed. And where he was sitting, where he was sitting, uh, the shed door uh, could just, you know, swing open and, and hit him. And, and so what would happen was this, is that he would sit down, he's sitting down in the dirt there and he's playing in the dirt and all of a sudden the wind would blow and the shed door would blow open and hit him in the back. And you could see him. I mean, he's just like his dad. He would get mad and his face would turn red and his ears would turn red and he would get up and he would slam that door shut and then he would sit down and then he would go back to playing in the dirt and then the wind would blow again and the door would open and hit him in the back and he would get mad again and he would get up and shut that door and then he would sit down and he would start playing and the wind would blow and the door would and hit him in the back and I'm standing at the back door looking out the glass and laughing. Because I'm like, this is hilarious. And this is just happening over and over 
and over again. And finally, I, 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 opened, up, I opened up the sliding glass door and I said, son, I said, get up and either open the door all the way or latch it shut because that would fix the problem. Albert Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I believe that's what my son was doing at the time. And let's be honest with ourselves, we're prone to do the same. What I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that sometimes we treat our sin like this. In other words, we do the same things over and over again, and this is really what keeps us from living the victorious life that Christ has for us. What I'm saying to you tonight is this, maybe changes need to be made. Maybe things need to be done different so that you and I would see different results. And this is the example that you and I find tonight as we see Joshua going back to the city of Ai. Now, listen, I, I realize tonight that the reason, the main reason for the first uh, loss there in, in the first battle, the, the main reason was because there was sin in the camp. But I also want you to understand that the way Joshua approaches the city of Ai now versus the first time is very different. Things, he does things differently, and as a result, he sees different results. You understand what I'm saying? And what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, is that really it gives us a picture, if you will, or a help tonight on, on, on maybe dealing with some things in our lives so that you and I can have victory. Now let's, let's be reminded of the picture of Joshua and the promised land. All right, now, number one, I want you to understand this. Joshua is a picture of Jesus Christ. All right, in fact, his full name, Jehoshua, well, that's simply Jesus in the Greek. All right, and we, we would understand that. And the point is this, this is where victory starts for you and me tonight. Well, come on, somebody say amen tonight. You understand, this is where it starts with Jesus Christ and receiving Him as our Savior. And here's why. Because you and I don't have the power in and of ourselves to break the bondage of sin. We, we don't, friend, not... Not for the abundant life, but especially not for, for eternal life. You, you're not, you and I aren't going to work our way there. There's no baptism that will save you. No observing of the Lord's Supper that will save you. No church membership that will save you. It is only, listen, you must come to Christ by faith. And we understand that, especially from our studies in Romans. I, I like what 1 John 5 in verses 4 and 5 says. It says, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith what a blessing that is and it says who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God I'm saying to you tonight friend there needs to be a time and place where you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved that that is where victory starts you'll never have victory in your life if you don't start there you got to start there, man. I, I listen. I I remember. Uh, I remember a young man there in Cassville, and man, he just kept uh, struggling with addictions and battling things in his life. And he was in our church, and and he had gotten into some trouble over some things. And he called me one Saturday morning. And he said, "Hey," he said, "Preacher, can I meet with you?" And I said, "Yeah." And so we met in the McDonald's parking lot there in Cassville, and we sat down in, in the in the front uh, seats of my uh, Dodge Durango I had at the time, and we're sitting there. And, Man, he just starts telling me everything that's going on. And I just looked at him and I said, I'm going to tell you something, man. I said, as your pastor, 
I see no spiritual fruit in your life whatsoever. And you're trying to do all this and you're trying to do all that and you are just utterly failing and you are struggling with the addictions and wickedness of this world. And I looked at him and I said, man, I'm going to ask you this. Has there ever been a time and place where you've called upon the name of the Lord? And this was his exact words. No preacher, I just started going to church. And right there in that parking lot, he called on the name of the Lord. He got saved in a Dodge. Can you believe that? I'm just saying to you, but listen, that's where victory starts. And I, I don't know who you are tonight. I, I, I know most of you, and, and I think I know everybody here tonight. But what I'm saying is this. I don't know, may not know where you are spiritually tonight. And if you've never been saved, then, then this is where victory starts. But you've got to also understand this. If you are saved, then the promised land, it's not a picture of salvation. It's a picture of the victorious life that you and I can have as a Christian. You understand? You and I are not called to a physical warfare like this. And don't look at this and go, well, I just can't believe God would, you know, tell them to kill everybody here and all. Listen, these were some very wicked people. Study it out. No, no, no. But here's the thing. You and I are not called to a physical warfare, but we are called to a spiritual one. We are called to us, and look, and what's, and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're called against the, you, you know, against the devil and the flesh and, and the world. And, and we understand tonight, we will never be sinless, but we can learn to sin less and to have victory in our lives. As I already mentioned, God wants us to have victory. He encourages us and strengthens us for the fight as he did here with Joshua. And so Joshua gets back in the fight. All right, but we can also do what Joshua does here to help us have our victory. So I'm just going to give you two simple things tonight. We're going to be through, and then you can go eat death in the pot, all right? <laughs> this is what I notice about Joshua, that he did differently, all right, versus the first time that they went against Ai. And I want you to listen to this. The first one is this. He went to God for instruction, and he followed it. He went to God for instruction and he followed it. I want you to notice, look, look at the end of verse number two, <clears throat> chapter number eight. Okay, we're going to kind of backtrack here. This is where God, uh, you know, encourages Joshua. But, but notice what he says. Notice the end, of the very last little uh, piece there at the end of verse number two. It says, lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Okay. So now go down to verse number three, just quickly, and notice it says in the next verse, it says, so Joshua arose. So according to verse number three, where it says Joshua arose, all right, we, we know this, that Joshua is back on his face, and he's praying, and he's, and he's praying before the ark of God like he was in chapter number seven after the defeat of Ai. Right? That's, that's what he's doing. We saw this last week, and I don't have time to go back there and look at that. You can't if you want to. But what I'm saying to you is this, is that it's here in his prayer time, all right, with God, and he's on his face. It's here that God encourages him to get back into the fight, but also God gives him the instruction to, to set up the ambush behind the, the city of Ai. And then look at verse number three again. It says, so Joshua rose. All right, and all the people of the war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but, ye all, but be ye all ready. And I and the people that are with me will approach the city, and it shall come to pass that when they come out against us, as at the first, that we will flee before them. For if they will come out after us, 
till we have drawn them uh, from the city, for they will say, they flee before us as at the first. Therefore we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise from the ambush and seize upon the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand, and it shall be that when ye have taken the city, ye shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do. See, I have, I have commanded you. So Joshua gives them the plan for the ambush and how it's all going to work. And again, they're going to lure them out. The men of the city are going to come out thinking that they're going to finish them off. And, 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 so, and when they do, Joshua's going to give the signal. The ambush will come in behind the city, burn it with fire. Joshua and his men will turn to fight. And, and immediately, I don't know about you, but I thought about this. How amazing is our God to use their first failure to give them victory on the second try? You ever, you ever think about that? Boy, how God often turns our trials into, you know, blessings. And how He oftentimes turns our failures, if we'll come to Him, turns it into, into great victories. Anyways, that's a side note. But here's the other thing to point out. This is vastly different than the last time they went against AI. It's vastly different. If you remember, they just finished defeating the city of Jericho. And, and being on cloud nine, so to speak, spiritually, Joshua sent a, a few men to go spy out the city of Ai that was nearby. They came back and said, hey, it's way smaller than Jericho. Just, just send about two or 3,000 men. Well, according to verse 25 that we read in our text tonight, turns out the city was about 12,000 people. But, but God just brought down the walls of Jericho. All right? And, and so this, this would be nothing. And, and no doubt it would have had sin not been in the camp. Right? But, but, but here's the thing. Joshua, in his haste, he sent 3,000 men. They lost the battle and 36 men died. But did you notice something about that first battle? I just rehearsed everything with you. But did you notice something about that? There was no communication with God. There was no communication with God. There was none of that. There, there, there was no communication. But, th- but this, th- this, th- but with this one, there was communication with God. Joshua had prayed about it. Joshua had received instruction from the Word of God. And Joshua followed it to the letter, and it worked. And by the way, the Word of God still works for victory today. It still works for victory today. Our problem is this. We don't listen to it, and when we get it, we don't obey it. I, I, and, and I do like this about Joshua. I like this, that he gives an example to the man of God, that once you receive instruction from God's Word on how to have victory, your responsibility is to deliver it to the people so that they too can have victory. That's what he does right there. Oh, come on, man. I know, listen, I, I'm just telling you tonight what a blessing this is. There are a lot of God's people today who need to have spiritual victory, but they don't know how or anything about it. And here's why. Because they don't have a man of God with the courage to give them the Word of God. And it should not be that way. It should not be that way. Folks, it's not just me and my family that need victory. It's you and your family as well. Therefore, the only way that's going to happen is that if I get in the Word of God and give you the Word of God so that we can all have victory. That's what Joshua exemplifies. And it should be that no matter how difficult the subject, if it's in the book, friend, we preach the whole counsel of God. 
Well, you know, preacher, I don't really like this subject of separation in our Sunday school class. Well, it's in the book. I said it's, it's in the book, friend. And it shouldn't be that we get offended and turn from the things of God, but rather that we would get in the book and that we would see what it says. Why? Because that's our only chance for victory tonight. But here's the other thing. It wasn't, it, it wasn't that they were just made known about it. They actually submitted themselves and followed it. <laughs> and I believe, listen, I'm just telling you, I believe this tonight. That, that's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, for a lot of people. It really is. It, it's not, and especially if you're in Faith Baptist Church, my friend, you're going to get the preaching of the Word of God. So you're, you're going to get that. So, so, but, but please get this, friend. You, you got to, come on, you got you to grab a hold of this tonight, friend. It's, it's not like God has shortchanged us. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not like he has, he has shortchanged us uh, in, in his word, in, in his ways. Well, you know, preacher, this, it, this is 2022, and you, you just don't, you don't understand my, my circumstances in, in my situation. And, and you might be right. I don't, but I know the one who created you in his image and who does. Second <laughs> Peter 1, 3, li- listen to this. The Bible says this, according, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let me, let me say that again. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Do you know what that means? That means this. God's not shortchanged you and me. No, 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 my friend. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Friend, He has given us everything that we need to live victoriously for Him, even in 2022. You understand? He has, listen, come on, friend. He's given us His Son so that we can be saved. He, he has given us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to empower us and to encourage us. He has given us access to Him in prayer. He has given us uh, His complete, inerrant, infallible, preserved Word of God. Oh, come on, friend. He's given us a church to belong to and to serve Him in. And really, I could sit here all night and list the blessings and the goodness and the grace of God. The problem is this. We're just not willing to submit to it, and then we want to turn around and we want to blame everybody else and even Him at times. And here's, here's what I've seen as my time as a pastor. I've seen, I've seen those that, that refuse to submit themselves to, you know, fully to the New Testament plan of God. You, you, do, do you know what the pattern is in the Bible? You know what the pattern is? Here, here's what the pattern is. When you look at the New Testament scripture, man, I love going through the book of Acts and just, and just seeing all these personal testimonies. Do you know what the pattern is? Here's, here's what the pattern is. They received Jesus Christ by faith. They, they called upon Him and they got saved. Repentance toward God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody with me? All right, so they received Christ by faith. Then this is what happened. Based upon their salvation and their faith in Jesus Christ, 
they followed the Lord Jesus Christ in baptism. All right? And upon their baptism, they became part of a local visible assembly called a church. All right? And then what happened is this, is that they started learning doctrine, the apostles' doctrine and and teachings and the Savior. They started growing in their faith and they started serving, uh, serving one another and and, and, and witnessing the people and, and seeing people get saved. Is everybody getting this? That's the pattern. All right? That's the pattern. And what happens is this, is that in our day and time, you, you see someone gets saved, and then you see someone that gets saved follow the Lord in baptism, but then it's almost like the pattern stops. And, and they go, well, you know, I, 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 you know you're, you, I get it. You guys got Sunday morning and Sunday night and, and Wednesday night, but I just I don't want to get that serious about it. So I'm just going to come on Sunday morning or, you know, and, and, and after a while, it's every now and then on Sunday morning, and then it's hit and miss, and then pretty soon they're out altogether, and then they want to, you know, well, then they want to start going, well, no, you know, nobody cares about me, and nobody's reaching out to me, and, and it's the church's fault, and it's the pastor's fault, and, and it might even be it's God's fault. Um, excuse me. It's not anybody else's fault. It's, it's your fault because you didn't stay with the pattern that God had for you in the Word of God. No, no, no. I'm not saying that we shouldn't reach out to people and love on people and encourage people and check on people. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this, is that God's pattern and God's plan and God's ways still work. It is most of the time, it is our fault that we're not fully submitting to that and going all in and taking the things of God seriously. And then we don't have victory. And listen, and if it's not that, then it's usually this. It's it's people that, that, that are trying to make, they're trying to make the world, they're trying to put the things of the world that they've been living in and the things of God that they've now been receiving and they're trying to put that together. That doesn't work. I'm just, because here's the thing, because I've seen people get saved and then I've seen them follow the Lord in baptism and then I've seen them be here uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, but yet they're so frustrated in their Christian life. And you know why? It's because they are so wrapped up in the things of the world and they're trying to figure out how they can put the things of the world into the things of God that they're learning on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And what God's saying is this, stop it. It doesn't work. Set that stuff aside and go all in with me so that you can have victory. Man, I'm just telling, listen, I, I have seen it. I have seen I, I, you know, just embracing, just, just trying to bring in all types of worldly philosophies that they have been living in in their old life and trying to bring it into their Christian life. And it's just disastrous. I had a guy one time who had gotten saved and then uh, gotten, uh, was getting, you know, we were going through the AB or the uh, basic Bible truths and uh, they were getting ready to follow the Lord in baptism. And he started telling me about this, this heavy metal. Uh, rock band, and I mean, it was like this. It was like this, and, and I don't, you know, I don't remember. I, they didn't have, they didn't have some of this stuff back in the '80s and 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 '90s. But I mean, it was like this really hardcore 
demonic stuff. I mean, ultra demonic stuff. I, I, don't get me wrong, all of it's demonic. But this was like this ultimate, I mean, just very, very upfront that they were demonic. And, and the guy said, you know, the lead singer or the drum, whatever it was, some member of the band, he had made a profession of faith. And the reason he was saying that was he was trying to justify him listening to it. And I was like, listen, man, hey, I'm, I'm, I hope he did really get saved. But if he, if he got saved, and, and just like you said, you got saved, neither one of y'all need to be in that stuff. Amen. But what he was doing was he was trying to justify him bringing that into his Christian life. Listen, it's not going to work. By the way, it didn't work in his life. He didn't last very long. He never got victory. Folks, I'm, I'm just telling you tonight, these are the two things that I have seen consistently over the years as a pastor and really it all boils down to this, God's people being willing to humble themselves and submit themselves and go all in with the things of God. Because, you do, because here's the thing, I don't think it's right that we sit back and go, God's ways don't work when there's a room full of people in here tonight that can testify, yeah, yeah, they still do work. Amen. See, it's not that God's ways don't work. It's just that we're not willing to submit to them. And it's why a lot of people don't have spiritual victory in their life. They're struggling because they're trying to attach the things of the world to the things of God. Just trying to make up your own religion. Why don't you stop it and just do what the Bible says? That's idolatry. That's all that is, is idolatry. Just do what the Bible says and start following the things of God. And I'll promise you this, you'll have victory, you'll have peace. You'll have joy like you've never had before. Man, if we'll just do what the Bible says. Glory, hallelujah. Somebody say amen tonight. But here's the second thing. Can you believe that? We're on the second point already. Death in the pot's coming. <laughs> because here's the second thing. So the first thing is this. They, they just got instruction. This is what they did differently. They got instruction from the Word of God. And they followed it. But here's the other thing that they did. <clears throat> they got radical in dealing with AI. I mean, they annihilated that place. I, I, look, look, look at verse, what is it, 20, 25 and, and, and 20, 26. Look at verse 25. And so it was that all that fell that day, both of men and, and women, were 12,000, even all the men of AI. And look at verse 26. For Joshua, listen, he drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of, of Ai. Listen, they, they made an Ai sandwich and they killed everybody. I mean, they, they wiped out everybody. Well, why did they do that? To ensure that there would be no more death and there would be no more losses among their people. No more, friend. And what I'm saying to you tonight is that Joshua and the people of Israel, they not only submitted themselves to the Word of God, but I would say this, they got radical in dealing with their enemies. And this is what I believe we, we must do as well. I want you to, you can leave Joshua tonight. Uh, we're done there. But what I want you to see is that there's actually a New Testament principle that's brought out about this. Go to Matthew in chapter number 5 with me real quickly. <clears throat> Matthew 
Matthew in chapter number 5. And many of you know this, it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's where the Lord Jesus was preaching. And I want you to see what he says in verse number 27, okay? He says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. He says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery, okay? But Jesus brings the bar up. He says this, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her, or with her already in his heart. And then he goes on and says this. Now watch what he says. Okay, it's still in the same context. He says, If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and that not thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, not that thy whole body should be cast in hell. Whoa. Did you imagine that? You know, just... I'm not going to do that for you tonight. No illustrations on that one. Now, now, let's just take a step back and, and think about things for a minute. Okay? Christ wasn't teaching that we need to mutilate ourselves. Can we all agree on that? I don't want to take the time to go to Scripture verses and show us all that stuff, okay? It's not what he's saying. Because really, that, that too would be against the Word of God. What, what he's saying right here is this. What he's teaching on is how to deal with sin in our life, the things that does so easily beset us. And if he says, if thy, right, if thy eye or thy hand, both of which are involved in adultery, are causing you to sin, then get radical about it. That's what he's saying. In other words, get radical and take the necessary precautions in your life to separate from whatever sin is causing you to stumble in your walk with God and to have victory. In other words, I, listen, if I could say it like this tonight, just go ahead and make an AI sandwich out of it. And confront it head on and get radical about it. And you're like, well, what, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? Well, let me, let me give you an example. I, I've, I've, I've given this example before, but uh, I, I remember one Wednesday night, <clears throat> I was pulling up into the church parking lot uh, there at Bible Baptist Church. And I pulled up, and I noticed a man that was out there in his, in his pickup truck, and I uh, had quite a bit of uh, stuff there in the cab of it on the passenger side and, and, and things like that, didn't know what was going on, and and uh, so I just, I, I unlocked the back door and I walked in and then I locked the door behind me. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know I was by myself. And so I, I went into my office and I started going through my message for that night. And then my, my right hand man, he, he came in not too long behind me. And so once the gentleman that was sitting in the truck saw that there was more than one person there, he came up and started talking to my right hand man and he said, I'd like to talk to the pastor. And so uh, Brother Littleton comes into my office and he goes, preacher, this guy out here wants to talk with you. And I said, okay. And I said, that's fine. And so he came in and he sat down in my office and I said, what's going on? He said, well, preacher, he goes, I need some counsel. I said, okay. And he goes, you saw all my truck out there. I'm living in my truck right now. He said, what happened was this, is that I, I, started, um, I started clicking on pornography. And I started looking at that on the internet. And then that led to you know, going to some of these dating sites and, 
and things like that. And the next thing you know, I started committing adultery with my wife or against my wife. And, and, uh, and, and what happened is she found out about it. And so she's thrown me out of the house. And my children and my grandchildren, they don't, they don't want anything to do with me. And he's just looking at me. And I mean, he's just pouring out his heart and he's weeping. And, and he said, preacher, I, I need some help. Now, here's what I said to him. Are you ready? Number one, I said this, you need to be saved. Because that's where victory starts. You can't have victory if you don't know Christ as your Savior. And I said, number two, you need to be in a, you need to be in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching Baptist church. Because, you listen, it's not like God was sitting around and going, you know, they need something to do. There's church. No, He gave us church so that we could attend and we could hear the Word of God preached and we could grow in our faith and we could be strengthened in the things of God, friend. Listen, God knew exactly what we needed, which is why Christ said He died for the church and gave Himself for it. He knew we would need one another. But then the third thing I said was this, you need to get radical. And, And what I mean by that is this, is that you need to throw out your computer or your iPad or your, or your phone, or, or whatever it is that you're using to access all of this stuff. You need to get it out of your life. Because I remember when you didn't have to have those things. And by the way, you still don't have to have those things. Got to be honest with you, life was a little better without those things. But I'm just telling you, whatever it is, get rid of that. Notice I didn't mention TV because it is college football season. And the World Series, all right? So i got a lot of things going on right now, a lot of pressure in my life. Just kidding. But what I'm saying to you is this. Get rid of that stuff. Get radical. Listen, if that's the stuff that is, that is leading you into sin, then get rid of it. Put it, put it out of your life. Do you, want to, you want to know the end of the story? You want to know what happened? Here's what happened. He went through the service that night, and he sat through the service, and he walked out, and I never saw him again. You want to know why? Because he's like a lot of people today. He's content with playing with the devil. And he's not willing to really get radical about anything. And you'll live in defeat. You'll live in defeat. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this, Wherefore... Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, listen to this, and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And the verse goes on. What I'm trying to say to you tonight is this. Every one of us that are here tonight, we got that which so easily besets us. And it's keeping you from from victory tonight. And don't you think it's about time that you stop sitting there playing in the dirt and letting that shed door hit you in the back over and over and over again? And maybe it's time to approach things differently. Well, how's that, preacher? Why Why don't you do what God said to do? And why don't you get radical about it so that you can have victory tonight? Let's all stand.